Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. If you're watching online, we say thank you for tuning in and come in, come prepared. For those of you, how many got some notes on the way in? Yes, we got our sermon notes. We, we encourage you to fill them out. We encourage you to take part into them because uh, that's really what's going to help you out throughout the week. Uh, most of you probably won't remember the, the whole sermon today, uh, but for those of you who are taking notes, we hope you can take those and apply those to your day-to-day. And how many are in a life group? Life group season started. Come on. You can make a little noise for your life group. I'm excited for life group season. Um, I'm excited for what God is going to do in our, in our church. I'm excited for what God's going to do in your life. I really believe that God is up to something if you're willing. How many are willing to accept something from Jesus and grow in this season? So we, we're starting a brand new sermon series this morning. And it's going to be for the next few weeks. Thank you for that up there. Um, for the next few weeks, and we're, gonna, we're entitled it All In. How many of you ever go all in on something? Is there some people that when they do something, they just got to go all the way in? Yes? For, for those of you, like for me, I, seven months ago, I decided, hey, I'm going to get on a diet and start working out. And I would go every day eating clean. But then like after month four, five, six, like, uh, it's kind of hard. I went all in, right? I threw everything out in my fridge. I went grocery shopping. I bought everything healthy. Uh, I brought my protein shakes. Anybody else like that where you just want, you do something, you go all, you exaggerate. Like, bro, take it easy. It's not that crazy, right? We have to remember that life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I think many times when we go all in on something, we, we go super hard the first week. Um, and then you, you kind of phase out a little bit with time. Am I the only one or can, can you guys relate? Yes, there we go. You can talk back. I encourage like talking back. Uh, we're, we're, we're a quiet church is a dead church. So no one's dead here, right? We're able to kind of have a conversation. There we go. That was good over there. That was good. Thank you for that. So all in. And we want to focus on that. And with this, with this sermon series, in your life group, you're able to talk about it and share the questions. There's questions in the back so you can have a conversation and a dialogue. And for those of you who aren't in a life group, and maybe you say, hey, with my family, I want to begin to do something, we encourage you, maybe before dinner, maybe before you go to sleep, you have these questions and you ask them. Or maybe in the morning, before you're going to work and school, you can kind of gather and say, hey, how can we focus on this? It's really important how we start our day and how we end our day. And we really hope that it's able to be with Jesus, and maybe you don't have the time to enter a life group, but you can have your own life group with your own family, your own friends, your own family, so it's not limited, so we hope that that God is able to help you uh, grow and able to ask some questions, and as part, as, the, as part as the all in, the all in actually stands for acronym, and it's something that we have here at Lifehouse, and it is our values. We have values as a church, and, and, and all in sounds awesome, but I want to just break it down a little bit before we get into the sermon. And what does all in mean? The A stands for authenticity. If we live a life of authenticity, nothing else matters. If we don't live a life of authenticity, nothing else matters. 
We want you to be authentic. So we believe our values here at LifeHouse is to be authentic. And we hope we can be authentic in every aspect of our ministry. And we're not a perfect church. We're far from it. But that's what the A stands for. The L stands for love God and people. Love God and love people. And we love God the most so we can love people the best. Come on, say that again. You want to love God the most so you can love people the best. The next L is we live dead. I know it sounds a little weird if this is your first time at church. You're like, what do you mean? Live dead is we never let praise get to our head or criticism get to our hearts. Because in the end, it is not about us. It is this, this worship, the team, the first thing. It's not about us. If we're pointing to Jesus, then we're doing our job. The I is for, for intentional, intentionality. And we always want to promote the things that we value and remove the things that distract us from fulfilling our purpose. And then the end is we never compromise. Never compromise. And excellence is not found in being the best, but doing your best. So if you never knew our, our values as a church, those are it. And if you want to know more, come this Saturday, Next Steps, 10 a.m. Uh, in the office. Quick plug-in. I'm always going to plug it in. And you can find out a little more. You guys with me? So the big idea today and what, what our sermon series is, is going to be on is all in, but we believe that it all starts with being united. How many of you feel united with certain people in your life? Yes, you have people that you're united with. Maybe you play sports and your team's united. And the big idea is we really believe that in order for you to have unity with others, you have to have unity with God. You need to be united in Christ. So before you go ahead and try to fix other people, can we come to the honest conclusion and say, am I united with Christ? In other words, before I go tell others what's wrong with them, how can I be one with Jesus? How can I have the mindset of, man, I, I hope, Jesus, you're the first and the most important thing in my life. And with that, you'll end up being a better husband, a better father, a better son, a better friend. You really will. Because then you start to have the heart of Jesus. And, and, and we really encourage you to get in a life group and just do life with people to understand that life is better together. Why don't you look to your neighbor and say, life is better together. There's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. And he says, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. We, we got to understand the importance of unity. And it's not just because we're a church, but we believe there is power in unity. We believe Jesus has a lot to say on unity. We believe the Bible is all about bringing us closer together so we can be united. But it's not uncommon for us to hear people say things such as, I'll just do my own thing. Or, I don't need nobody. Or, I'll just do it all on my own. You ever hear a person or know someone, don't point fingers, but you ever hear someone just say, I can do it on my own. And kind of, they were hurt either by people in the past, maybe they've been disappointed, maybe they've been discouraged, or maybe they've been left hanging. Anybody ever been in that situation where you just feel like, man, everyone's letting me down. It's okay, I've been there, we've all been there. And with that comes the, the, the shield, the shield of, you know what, no, I'm good, I don't need no one. 
Because in the time where I did do that, such and such disappointed me. Well, when I really wanted help and I reached out, no one was there to care for me. And for that, I apologize. I'm sorry you went through that season. I'm sorry you feel like you're, you're supposed to do life alone. I'm sorry that someone didn't do better. And we hope that here at Lifehouse, it's a place where you feel loved. It's a place where you feel encouraged and motivated to say, you know what, but, but I do need people because we do. We can't have the attitude of, of, of no one and it's only me. People will hurt you and they will disappoint you. That's the reality, it's gonna continue to happen. It, you're in a great season. Down the line, someone will disappoint you. I'm sorry to tell you that. It's not gonna be like sunshine and rainbows forever. It, it's gonna be the reality where it will happen, but just like we sing in these songs, but what's your firm foundation? What is your foundation and what are you holding on to? How are you growing closer with Jesus? But when we're hurt, when we're in pain, it's not uncommon for someone to isolate themselves. Have you ever heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people? Hurt people will hurt people. And it's gonna happen. But how can we have a heart of unity? How can we encourage someone and tell them, you know what, but you don't have to do life alone. I love that Jesus prayed a prayer for you and I. You may not be aware of this, but even before he was betrayed, he, he prayed a prayer. We can find that prayer in John 17, verse 18. It says, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. As Jesus, before his, his darkest time, he was still already thinking about you and I. Isn't that amazing to know at his darkest moment, even though it was for us, he still thought of us and said, God, God may you continue to work in their lives. And he was doing that before the prayer in John 13, 34 says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Here we go, our commandment, family. Love each other just as I have loved you. And you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove that the world, prove to the world that you are my disciples. Amen. How do you want to show people you love Jesus? How you love? How are you treating people? I understand, people are going to get on your nerves. I understand. There's annoying people. I'm sorry. There really is. But how can we have the attitude of saying, but Jesus died for them too? I love to tell myself every day is, Jesus didn't only die for me. He died for you too. And when you put that into your mind, it reminds you, says, you know what? Yes, he is working in them. But unity can get you so much further. I love how this church started in someone's garage. Then it grew to, to a house, a little um, garage, yes. And then it grew to, to a small building on Brundage. And then the unity continued to allow it to grow to here to Manor. And with that unity, we're able to plant Delano. Then from Delano, we're able to plant Wasco. Then from Wasco, we were able to plant Coachella. And now we're believing that we're gonna launch East Bakersfield next month. 
And that all happens with unity. Yes, come on, give it up for God and what he can do. It all happens with unity. And our key verse that's on your notes really quick, and we're going to go through a little Sunday Bible school really quick. It's in Psalms 133.3.1. I'm sorry, 133.1. Here we go. We're going to all read it together. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Can we say that a little louder, church? Here we go. One, two, three. How good... How good and pleasant it is. In other words, it's perfect. In other words, that's when it's at its best, when they're together in unity. So what do I need to do to be all in? Point number one, be united with Christ. You, you have to be honest with yourself. Am I really united with Jesus? Every decision I make, every action I have, does it fully represent Jesus or are we being selfish like I said in order for you to be a better husband son daughter wife friend you have to be united with Christ it's the reality of it when you think no I'm gonna do what I want yes Jesus I, I love you but I have to do this we have to correct ourselves and we have to be willing to say that's not Jesus's way there's power in being unity, right? Same thing like the body. We have so many different body parts. You ever notice how important your pinky toe is? You ever notice how much pain it gives you when you hit it on the corner or something? Ah, that's pain, right? That is pain. But, but you don't notice until you break something. And you realize, man, I, I can't walk. I, I never pay attention to that little ugly toe. But right now, I can't even walk. Your whole mind, everything shuts down, everything's learning because there's importance in unity. And we all matter. And we all need to have the same vision or the same heart of we need to be united with Jesus. And here's the reality. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're united with Christ. I'm sorry. That's the reality. We see it. You can be close to Jesus, but doesn't mean you have the same heart as him. John 12, 1, 6. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nar, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. Wiping his feet with, it, with her hair, the house was filled with fragrance. Then Judas, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was a worth of years' wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Verse 6, not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Someone is in Jesus' crew, his squad, walking with him every day. He got to see Jesus. He got to hear Jesus. He was there with him all the time, saw the miracles. 
yet still didn't understand? Why didn't no one else speak? Why didn't other disciples say, hey, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Could it be because their heart was being changed? And they were starting to notice, you know what? Yeah. Because in reality, Judas didn't care about the poor. He was a thief. And no one else stood up and said, you know what, Judas, you're right. They, they all understood because their heart was beginning to change. Not only being close to Jesus, but allowing Jesus to change them. And see, unity with Jesus is really a matter of the heart. Like I said, you can come to church every Sunday, but if your heart isn't being changed, then there's nothing else you can do. Because in order for us to love people, we have to be able to love Jesus. So vertically, we have to be one. In order for you to be able to be an impact horizontally, we have to be able to love Jesus more than anything, to be able to love others around you. And you'll notice it. The more you're, you're in line with Jesus, the more you're after his heart, he'll begin to change some things in your life. He'll begin to work in you where suddenly people will start saying, man, there's something different about you. God is doing something great in you. And it all starts with being united with Christ. Point number two, grow up and embrace unity. Well, I didn't get a lot of amens on that one, but um, grow up. I understand you've been doing church for so long. I understand you've been doing this and this for so long. But how can you unite as a family? How can you come together and understand the vision that we have as Lifehouse? Maybe you're coming from another church and we're glad you're here. But when you're saying things like, well, at my old church, well, we used to do this. We have to check our heart. And we have to say, hey, all right, God has placed me in this house. And maybe you have done some successful things and we honor that. Come aboard, be a part of the team and help us get to our, our goal and that we want to reach the lost. We want to be a church. Man, there's a lot of church people who we're going to go to heaven because we believe in Jesus, but there are so many, so many people who don't understand Jesus. And we're after them. We love you guys. We're glad you guys are part of the family. But how can you guys have the same mindset as us and say together we'll conquer more? 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put childish things away. We have to learn to say, hey, yes, I could have done it this way. Or yes, at this other church we did this. But, but how can we be effective in where we're at now? We got to let go of immaturities and embrace fellowship. Maybe you've never been in a life group. You've been in church your whole life and you've never been part of a life group. I encourage you, join a life group. There's probably so much knowledge you have that you can spread with others. And because you're not used to a life group or, or whatever, you're just like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to continue to read the word. But, but God is calling us to, to be a, a church of life groups. And we hope that you can make a difference because you can. Everyone here matters. We value every single one of you guys. But sometimes we need to grow up and say, you know what? I need to embrace unity. I, I need to embrace this and just love people. How, how can you younger people who say, well, I only like like this. How can you embrace an older person and say, man, you've been through life. How can, how can I walk with you? There's so much wisdom in this house. Yet because we're younger or you're younger, you like a certain way. You don't embrace those people. Vice versa. Our 
elders here, how can we embrace the younger generation and say, man, I've already been through what you've been through. Trust me. This is not the way you want to go to. And we see divisions. We see immaturity everywhere, even in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as you belong to the world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. Man, he was being harsh, huh? Tell him how it is. For you are still controlled by your sinful natures. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I am a follow, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? In this context, in this scenario, that Paul's using it, well, you follow this leader, and you follow this leader, so therefore I only do what my leader says. And you say, no, that's foolishness. We're all here for one purpose. We're all here for one, one, one goal. Maybe you serve on first impressions, cool. Maybe you serve on the worship team, great, kids. But you say, well, I only worship with them, or I only do this, or I only do this. We have to check our minds. We have to check our attitudes and realize, man, it, it's not just about a certain ministry, it's, it's about the body. It is about one purpose and one goal. Are you with me, church? So maybe think to yourself, are you an immature Christian? I know it's a little hard to, to chew it a little bit, but maybe it's, you know what? Maybe I am. We, we're all going to go through a season of that. I mean, I've, I'm sure there's times where I've been very, very immature. God is still working in me, and I hope he's still working in you. But I once heard someone say, you can tell somebody's maturity in the Lord by how they respond when you correct them. You can tell a lot by someone when you correct them. Hey, man, well, maybe you should love it. Well, why? You don't know what he went through. You don't know what he said. You can automatically tell, man, this person isn't as mature as he thought. Sometimes silence says a lot, too. And they're just quietly, no, man, I don't know who you're talking to. How can we grow in unity? Because as a church, we have to remember that we're here to be united. And we need to be united in mind and in thought. A life lived in disunity is a life not walking in a mature relationship with Christ. If you're not for life groups and you're not for next steps and you're not for, you're not living in the unity that we're called to live. And we have to remember it's all about Jesus. My third and last point is we are a team of one. Even if you don't come to this church and you're watching online, you attend the church, we celebrate you. I tell people on the team all the time, you don't belong to a church, you belong to God. You really don't. And I'm okay because they don't belong to us. So what good is me hoarding? Like, no, I, I, can't, I can't leave this person because they belong to God. As long as you're attending a church that speaks the Bible and isn't crazy, I'm happy for you. I'm good. Shout outs, Canyon Hills, Discovery Church, Collective Church. We praise you. You're doing the kingdom's work. We're glad and we're going to embrace them. There shouldn't be no division. Almost like we're gang. 
affiliated here. Nah, if we are, it's all Jesus. We're one team. Sometimes we have a, we show more passion for other teams. For instance, the jersey I'm wearing. Some of you got offended. Relax, listen to what I'm going to say. I, I enjoy football. I watch it. I, I, I like the Raiders. I'm a fan. But, but some of us have to really check ourselves. Because you put on a jersey of this team, you hear this, you watch them on TV, you cheer for them, you're like, man, yeah, let's go, touchdown, awesome. But some of you get more excited for a team that will never know who you are, a player who's never going to know you, a coach who will, they don't know when your birthday is, they don't care nothing about you. But yeah, it's so hard for us to cheer for God who's loved us. For the, the, the God who has called you by name. The God who knows every hair on your head. The God who died for you. The God who has clothed you in righteousness. The God who loves you and knows you by name. And it's so hard for us to be so excited and passionate for that God, but you're gonna go ahead and cheer for somebody else. Jesus loves you. And until you understand the love that he has for you, you, you won't really understand it. My prayer, my hope is that you find the love that Jesus has for your life. That you be united as one. That you grow up and you embrace fellowship. And that you remind yourself that we are one team and one team alone here's something that God has taught me in my personal walk with him is if we'll focus more on our purpose we'll struggle less with our problems if you focus more on your purpose you'll struggle less with your doesn't mean you're not going to struggle you will struggle when we're reminded man my, my purpose is to love people the way Jesus has loved me my purpose isn't to be perfect. There's nothing you're going to say. There's no amount of uh, words you can say because at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is the only one who works in our hearts. It's not because, you know, you're, you're such a great speaker. Like, no, it's because the Holy Spirit is working in us. Can you be a vessel? Yes. Anybody ever play with Legos growing up? Yes? Lego, it is great white Lego. We can't probably zoom in, but you can see it there. The power of Legos. But, but with one Lego, it's kind of pointless. It's only good for stepping on it and almost losing your salvation, huh? It's the only thing it's good for. I hate this Lego. Don't your parents start. You better pick up these hitting trauma for some of you guys. But a Lego on its own, it's just a little box. Like, and then they have different colors, different shapes. But a Lego on its own, it's, there's nothing. 
But you know what happens when you put Legos together? You realize what it can be made? I want to show you what a little, little Lego can do. A little Lego can make, do we have it? A plane. That is a, a, a real plane. Well, it's not a real plane. It doesn't fly, but it's a life-size plane. That plane is 90 pounds, is six feet length, seven feet wingspan. And it wasn't just one Lego who made that. It took 40,000 different Legos to make that. By yourself, you might not accomplish a lot. But can I tell you, if we get 40,000 people to make a difference in this community, you don't think we're going to make an impact for our kingdom? Together, we are better, church. By yourself, you're not going to accomplish much. You'll probably stand out. You'll look cool. But together, we, we can make art. Together, we make something beautiful. Together, we make something amazing. I believe every single one of you matters. And I believe every single one of you has a calling on your life. It may not be to preach up here or be on these instruments, but I believe every single one of you is called to love people. And the impact you can make on someone's life is a difference. You may not be able to speak to, to lots of people, but the person you speak to may be able to make a difference. And it's all for one purpose. I was totally not going to talk about this, but... So I grew up in church. Um, I gave my life to Jesus when I was a sixth grader at Royal Ranger camp. Shout out to Royal Rangers. But then from six to like my senior year, like I wasn't really loving Jesus, especially after I graduated high school. And I just lived a life. I had a job. I wanted to go out to parties. I wanted experience. I was really confined in my home growing up. I was restricted by many things, but I decided to wall out. Long story short, a few years after I lived that life, I was like, man, there's something missing. And, and I was again at a Royal Ranger camp. And Jesus just really worked in my life. The guy who was speaking just gave an amazing message. And I'm sure at that time he didn't know he was just being faithful. And he's one of my favorite communicators and he loves Jesus a lot and he's actually in this room. I want to shout out my friend Steve Servin. You guys probably don't even know who Steve Servin is. He's a phenomenal preacher too, guys. We're going to get him up here soon. But I want to show you where I'm not doing much, but I'm just able to be a, a, another person lifting up this chair. But if he wasn't faithful in his time, it would have allowed me to be another bridge for someone else. And I pray that whoever I'm speaking to you, whoever I'm speaking to here this morning, it does far greater things than we will ever do. But it takes you being willing. It takes you being united. And you have to have that courage. So this morning, can we stand to our feet, church? If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, and you're going through life saying, man, I, I don't want to do this alone no more. I, I feel like I'm just burning myself out. I feel like I'm just getting frustrated. You're not supposed to do life alone. First, you're, do, you're supposed to do it with Jesus. 
And that only starts by surrendering every one of our desires. So this morning, if I'm talking to you, whether you're in high school, in college, an adult, it doesn't matter. God wants to use you. So this morning, with every head bowed, can I encourage you to join the family this morning? Maybe you've never made that decision. Today, this morning, I want to be able to pray for you and together as a family. So if that's you, can you just lift your hand so I can pray for you really quick? I see you. I see you. Come on, why don't we give it up for those people who have made that choice? The Bible talks about that there is a celebration in heaven for this moment. And this moment alone, the reason we have church, the reason we have all this is yes to glorify God, but is ultimately to enhance the kingdom of God. We're so thankful. So with every head bowed really quick, can you just repeat this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done in the cross. I realize I am a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. May you come into my life and work with me day by day. Help me realize that it is not a sprint and it is a marathon and we're here for the long run. I give you all the glory in your name we pray. Amen. Come on, give it up for God for that prayer you've made. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.